This week on the reverse sticker, we've got a little bit more Constitution Corner. How much of a criminal do you have to be to get on the FIH board? Well, maybe the other way around. Um, and we're going to talk to the satorially elegant Bannon. Greetings. Welcome. This is the Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, and I'm joined by a wonderful-looking Mr. Matt Allen today. You scrubbed up well, mate. DRS crew, howdy doodle do. What, what, what do you think? Nah. No? All right, I'll keep working is on that, that one. Then. Is that your well, tagline Well, for that's us. what we're trying to, we're trying to get our, our signature, aren't we? Up and we're right, we'll just cross that one out. We'll try something different next week. Just, just to let you know, ladies and gentlemen, he's looking resplendent in a Church Sea Thames Valley Hockey Club shirt. And what's that that you're pointed to? Little Mountains. <laughs> that's the Mercian logo. Oh, Mercian. Oh, I see. <laughs> it is in the, and, the it is in know. the spot of my little melons, though. Yeah. <laughs> you are getting on a bit, aren't you, mate? Yeah. Um, Hello. Yeah. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode one five nine. Nine. Nearly hitting the big one sixty. You know why that's significant, don't you, John? No. No, I don't either. Sixteen. That's one hundred and sixty. That's not over three years. I saw Sabina posted uh, something on socials this week to say it's a, been a three year anniversary since oh, right. uh, she had her first ever interview in English. And we've been trying to interview in English ever since, yeah. haven't we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's kick on with it. That one. News. Oh, production values. Got to have them, don't you, Matt? You do. Um, what is the big news this week? Well, let's go. Um, what is the big news? Have you got a big news item? There's one couple in the last day or so, hasn't there? Um, there's, um, Coming out of India, perhaps? Do we go I've there got, first? I've got India and Pakistan as well. It's good to see that... Imran Khan is um, getting involved in hockey in his, in his uh, role in the top job there as Prime Minister, also the patron of the Pakistan Hockey Federation. This comes, John, from Dawn, the uh, Pakistani news website. And, and Imran does say that hockey is the national sport, doesn't he? I believe. Well, I'll tell you in just a moment. Okay. He's instructed the management of the Federation to make structural changes in its setup, reduce the number of teams for national championship and establish centres of excellence in all four provinces. Note he said reduce the number of teams, not reduce the number of players in those teams. <laughs> uh, PHF Secretary Asif Bajwa disclosed this to dawn after he, along with the Federation President, Brigadier Khalid Sajjad Kokar, met the Prime Minister in Islamabad on Wednesday. It was the Prime Minister's first meeting with the PHF delegation since taking charge as PM two years ago. Despite being the PHF patron, it took two years for the PM to meet top officials of the Hockey Federation while the national game faced alarming decline in the country. And we reported on that. Didn't, just trying to get a meeting with the guy was impossible. Uh, Bajwar said the Prime Minister issued some instructions for the uplift of the game and promised full support by the government for raising the standard of Pakistan hockey to bring it back on the right track. The PM asked the delegation to present a detailed presentation during the next meeting in which changes should be made in the structure after making necessary amendments in the Constitution of the Federation. The Prime Minister is also interested in getting the number of teams reduced in order to focus more on quality, not on quantity. It may be mentioned here that on the same instructions of the PM, the Pakistan Cricket Board has reduced its number of domestic circuit teams from 16 to 6. However, the move has left many cricketers jobless, and several among them are now compelled to do odd 
lower level jobs or do business while several departments abolish their cricket teams in the new domestic system. Like cricket, hockey also has a significant number of departmental teams and a PCB-like structural change by the PHF. Reducing the number of teams may leave several hockey players in significant economic trouble. There we go. Well, you mentioned Sabine Hahn earlier, and it's been three years since we spoke to her. How long do you reckon... How long do you think we've been saying, isn't it great to hear some news out of Pakistan that looks really like they're moving forward? And it, and it, that sounds like it's really great and it's moving forward, but we've said that a few times in the last three years, haven't we? Yes. Uh, look, it's, it's whether there's any money for them there or not, isn't it? That's, well, that, that's the big thing. But um, I mean, the idea of, I know it was in, in reference to cricket, that the number of teams being cut there from 16 to 6. 6, yeah. That seems rather extreme. I, I, I don't think a league of six, they would have been cutting in a half. Eight makes a bit more sense. Yeah. And if that's what they're going to do to hockey, please don't make it that extreme a cut. You know, it's still got to be a viable competition and six teams isn't really a true competition. Now, well, Badger also said the PHF delegation told the Prime Minister that unlike the PCB, which gets considerable financial support from the ICC, we need full support of the government to revive our hockey. So there you go, but that's ICC funds propping yeah. things up for the Pakistan inter- international side. And they've got a little there's, bit of there's, cash. There's no FIH funds rolling in there, is there, for hockey? Well, not as far as we know, Matt. No, no. Not as far as we know. Now, should we drop down over the border? Sure. Have you got anything more to say? No, 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 no. no. What's been happening in India? Because this, um, this is from the 27th of August, so what, a couple of days ago? Yesterday. Uh the Delhi High Court bench has issued notice to the Sports Ministry, Hockey India, Narinda Batra and Elena Norman, who have been appointed in the sports body as life member and CEO, seeking their stand by, by September 28 on the petition by a former hockey player. Now, I've just read that as it's written. The Delhi High Court Thursday asked the centre and uh, that, that would be the um, the... Sports Ministry and Hockey India for their stand on a plea alleging that the Sports Federation had violated the National Sports Code by creating posts like Life Member, Life President and CEO which were not permitted under the rules. A bench of Chief Justice D.N. Patel and Justice Pratik Yalan issued notice to the Sports Ministry, Hockey India and the two persons who were being appointed in the sports body as life member and CEO seeking their standby September 28 on the petition by the former hockey player. The petitioner is Aslam Shir Khan. Didn't we mention this last week? No. Oh. Uh, who was part of the Indian team which won gold in the 1975 World Cup and has sought quashing of the articles of Hockey India's Memorandum of Association under which the posts of life member, life president and CEO with unlimited tenure and full voting rights have been created. Now, apparently that is a violation of the rules and was not contemplated under the National Sports Code of 2011. Um Yes, so things are happening there in, in India as far as exactly what sort of role certain people play within the organisation. Now, I wasn't, av- I wasn't aware that uh, Mr. Batra had been uh, appointed a, a life member, but he did claim he was a life member, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, life president with unlimited tenure and full voting rights. Now... I mean, this well, I don't. Like... Well, I don't see how that's possible, but I also don't see why there would be an issue with 
there being a CEO appointed. Surely that's got to be allowable in the structure well, there somewhere. The, the plea has also sought directions to Batra and Norman to provide accounts of money and financial benefits received by them from Hockey India from their time of appointment and to refund the same. <laughs> it is further sought that an administrator or ad hoc committee of eminent sports persons be appointed to administer the affairs of Hockey India and oversee its day-to-day functioning until its MOA, Memorandum of Understanding, is amended and fresh elections in accordance no. with the guidelines are That'd held. That'd be an MOU. Yeah, maybe they should get um, Baseball India involved. They could probably help out for six months. They, they <laughs> could do. But, um, I mean, I'm, surely this is just something that would be very easily just easy to sort out. If, if, if Hockey India is formed under a memorandum of whatever it is... Well, what's... Um, of association. What, yeah, then, what, what's, then, what's, what's Aslam Shir Khan got to benefit from this? What, what axe is, is he grinding? Because I tell you what, you take on Mr. Dr. Batra and it's like, he's a Teflon Don, isn't he? It's nothing, nothing sticks and he'll just roll you through the courts forever and ever and ever until it disappears. I don't think there's been any successful challenge against him, yet they seem to come every couple of months. Well, Remember that story about uh, him attending the Hockey India meeting and voting and stuff like that? Yeah. Well, under the Sports Code and Model Election Guidelines for National Sports Federations, only seven office bearers and five additional members are to be elected for specific durations, and the three posts created by Hockey India are not contemplated therein. He also contended that similar provisions relating to creation of the post of life member in the Amateur Kabaddi Federation have been quashed by the High Court. I mean, we'd have to go through the Constitution. We've got our own little bit of Constitution corner coming up. But that would be an Indian constitutional stuff. But they keep popping up, these challenges, don't they? What I find interesting is this is not a situation too dissimilar to the situation where... Dr. Batra and Hockey India came Sorry, into him? existence. Oh, Mr. Batra. Well, he was Dr. Mr. Batra. Or Mr. Mr. Dr. Dr. Batra. Mr. Dr. Dr. Batra, yeah. <laughs> In the situation that brought Hockey India into existence, it's very similar to this. You know, the seeking the, the appointment of an overseeing committee while they sort out what the finances are. I mean, it was finan- allegations of financial misconduct yes, yeah, that were yeah, 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 in yeah. the first place. Yeah. So you, the old governing Do you body. think this is a, a revenge case coming in oh, eight knows. years later? Who knows? It could be, could be nothing. It could be everything it says it is. And will we ever find out? Probably no. Well, there might be some interesting people to, uh, to interview soon anyway, John, about it. Because uh, the, uh, it's finally come to a close. The Sports Authority of India have accepted oh. the resignation of High Performance Director David John. Um but to add to that, and this is from an article in Sports Star, um, things just don't seem to be getting better for the Indian men's hockey team. Six players tested positive on resumption of national camp yeah, in Bangalore no, earlier this month. Yeah. Goalkeeper Suraj Kakera was hospitalised for malaria. High performance director <laughs> David John resigned amidst, spe- amidst speculation. And now analytical coach Chris Cirello, the big dog, is unsure of resuming duty because of health reasons, adding to Hockey India's concerns. While Sorello left last month with his wife Heidi due to visa issues, it's now learned he has sought medical advice for a serious health condition that will delay his return. In fact, he is expected to consult doctors back home about the possible course of treatment and will only then decide on rejoining the Indian team. His visa issues, though, have been worked out. 
In case the prognosis forces him to remain in Australia, Hockey India will be forced to seek a replacement, racing against time with less than a year left for the Tokyo Olympics. The former World Cup winner and Olympic bronze medalist has been with the Indian team since 2018 and was an important link between players and coach Graham Reid. There you go. Interesting to see how that all develops with the departure of David John. I know we talked about it last week, week before. Um, but when you look at his record of his time being there, can you, how, how would you describe the performance of India in that time? Well, I, I think I, I posed the, the question on Twitter the other day. The question that has to be asked is, has he left the, 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 the organisation in a better position than when he, he joined? And you'd have to say yes, despite all of the, all of the, the BS that happened in between times. Well, it seems to me is he very much became the short circuit between all of the rubbish that goes on there. Yeah. In a, in a, and there's a lot of good people in Indian hockey, don't get me wrong. But I'm sure that will be discussed at length in the next episode of Push Past Pundits. And team selections, that's going to be a ripper. Looking forward to that. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Let's hit that list, Matt. Well, I think we just go straight, John, to uh, where are we? Mystery, mystery, fire. Ha, 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 ha. Matt's mystery, fire. We are going, John, to May 1962. I'm going to just open up totally random page. Let's see. What have we got? This is uh, oh, page two and three. Oh, oh the headline. Double, can, eight, double page we, spread. We can't uh, miss out on this headline at the top here, John. Olympic champion stoned at Singapore. <laughs> Now, it might not be what it's you're a, thinking. Might, not a good place to be doing that sort of thing on no. Singapore. Pakistan, the Olympic hockey champions, did not compete at Ahmedabad, but instead went on a short tour of Malaya and Ceylon. The following amazing story is taken from the newspaper Straits Times, Malaya, of December 29 last year. That's 29th of December 1961 for, uh, for you and anyone else out there, John. That's Angry hockey fans threw stones at the Pakistan tourists as they were leaving Jalan Basar Stadium, Singapore, this evening after their 3-1 win over Pan Malaya. Cause of the ugly scenes was the apparently partisan umpiring by Pakistani Abra Ahmad. Several times, umpire Ahmad was seen to allow Nur Alam, the Pakistan outside right, to play the ball, although he was clearly offside. Ahmad also frequently pulled up Malayan players for infringements but let off offending Pakistanis. After the match, the 1,500 crowd booed, barracked and besieged the Pakistanis in their dressing room. Malayan officials escorted the tourists out of the stadium and as they were walking to their bus, stones were thrown. On the run of play, however, Pakistan, the Olympic Games champions, deserved their win, although Malaya, playing magnificently in the first half, led 1-0 until a minute from half-time when Pakistan equalised. Pakistan took the lead in the 50th minute when... Shan Muganathan made the mistake of holding onto the ball after taking it off Nasir Bunde. Abdul Wahid pounced on the ball and beat the out-rushing hack. Play became rough after this. At one stage, players were seen exchanging blows. Umpire Ahmad did not notice this. In the 60th minute, Pakistan got their third goal through Bunda. Towards the end, the other umpire, Tan Jin, called Carter Singh and Moti Ullah to shake hands after a clash. There you go, a bit of a fiery one there. That's amazing, isn't it? 1,500 fans besieging the Pakistan dressing room. 
Oh, wouldn't Hockey Australia love 1,500 fans turning up to an event? Yeah. Um, yeah, well, those, those were the days, weren't they, Matt? I'm just going to flick over onto the other page. Just, uh, our readers, right? Quick letter here from Bill Malherby from Orange, oh, from Kroonstad in Orange Free State, South Africa. Headline, Limit Size Goalies Pads. Sir, I find it strange that the legislators have never spotted a certain anomaly in the rules. Or are they all goalkeepers? <laughs> Limitations to the size of the hockey stick and ball are clearly laid down. But not, I'm sorry, clearly laid down. But the goalkeeper's pads are not defined. Take a look at old photographs, and it's clear that the goalie's pads are becoming bigger and better barn doors. Granted, the poor goalie must be afforded plenty of extra protection, but surely hockey is a stick and ball game. Give the goalkeeper protection for his legs and feet, but let the face of the pads presented to play have a definite curved surface, say circular, so that the goalkeeper is prevented from confronting the on-rushing forward with the plus or minus 18-inch barn doors currently in vogue. In fact, force the goalie to the realisation that hockey is a stick and ball game. Make him use his stick and accept that unless he stops the shot at goal absolutely absolutely perfectly with his pads, the opponents are going to get an in-off goal. A lot more goals should result, and hey presto, brighter hockey. Oh, he, he makes an interesting point, though, about the size of the pads and whether they should be round or not. Yeah. If the FAH wants more goals, making the pads rounded would definitely help with that because you'd have to stop it with the middle of your leg, yeah, 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 yeah. That could change things significantly. A bit of fun there. Yeah. Well, that was, uh, that, that, that's this week's... Going, go, oh, going back to the first one. Go on, I'll stop. Yeah, get, stop. Yeah, yeah. Going back to production. We're top. You know, some one. podcasts have actually got a dedicated producer. Do they? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Our, um, going back to that first one you mentioned, the, uh, the offside rule. Do you think there's, there's a, another rule in hockey that causes much, that, that exists today that causes much consternation as the old offside rule? I've seen people absolutely totally lose their bottle when they've been called offside, or likewise when a player's not been called offside, wow. and goals being scored off offside. It's, and one it was that was, just... it's one that was often down to interpretation, I and mean, that's one of your big bugbears with yeah, a lot of the yeah. rules of today anyway. Well, and that that's not interpretation, like a, as in uh, um, interpretation meaning... Um, like a, a cerebral thing. It's, no, no, no. no. It's Wait. interpretation because of, the, of physics, where you happen to be standing with this is standing with And when there. the ball is released, or when yeah. the ball was released, <laughs> yeah, yeah. was he offside then? Well, not, not when he receives the ball. Well, and that, that rule changed slightly over the years, too, about when exactly a person was yeah. deemed offside. Yeah. And, you know, you still see it causing a bit of mayhem in soccer, but it used to drive people bananas. Well, no, it doesn't anymore because the VAR, VAR sorted it all oh, out in no, soccer for them. We can blame VAR for all the mistakes <laughs> in it now. <laughs> yeah, anyway, just thought I'd throw that in. I'm glad we got rid of it. That was one of the good changes that has been made to the game over the last few years, getting rid of, well, last 30 years. We got a few. Yeah. Anyway, that was, uh. Oh, 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 oh. Mystery. You need to turn up your volume on your phone. Put a, put a line through that. What? Matt's mystery phone. Oh, okay, done that. Tick. Oh, good. You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Matt, can you uh, hit your next intro? What are we going? Oh, we've got to go up. Uh, got to go up here for this one, John. Oh, um, oh no, you programmed it. Yeah, it's programmed. 
Oh, here we go. Oh, mate, you're the master of the buttons. I'm ready. I'm going to make sure I go back. What what are we going to do now, John? It's time for... What? I thought you played the music. (laughs) Constitution Corner! Yeah. There you go. Now, last week we uh, we talked about uh, the Russian Federation and the problems they were having with the head man there being criminally charged and stuff. Yeah, for and, embezzlement. And the Federation being shut down and all that sort of thing. Well, not shut down. Not, but Ta- taken, taken over, over by... Um, baseball. Well, that was suggested. I don't know if that's actually happened. Oh, okay. But the president is uh, a politician, isn't he? Yeah, something like Tem- that. Temporary politician in there. Now, so we decided this week we'd, we'd dig into the uh, FIH Integrity Code to find out what would prohibit someone from being in charge of an organisation... Etc. Now, we're talking specifically about the FIH here. So each, uh, under the integrity code, it's expected that each national association has its own integrity code that follows basically the guidelines and, and the FIH integrity code. And as far as I can tell, they just sign off on it. The IOC integrity code. No? The FIH integrity code. Yeah, it, it, but it, does that fall in line with I the imagine IOC? it does yeah, because yeah. everything else hockey does is at the whim of the IOC, so I imagine the integrity code is as well. Now, first up, the individuals bound by the integrity code. Who is actually covered by this? The integrity code applies in its entirety to the following persons. Um, each person serving as a director, including alternate director or officer of the FIH or any associated company, including without limitation the president, the CEO, executive board members and any candidates for election to the executive board. Each person serving as a member of a committee, working party panel, including without limitation the disciplinary commissioner and any other persons he may co-opt to form a tribunal and the judicial commission, advisory board or working party of the FIH or any associated company and each person appointed to represent the FIH or any associated company on any committee or working party in any similar role. Each person employed, whether full-time, part-time, permanently or a fixed term or temporarily or engaged as an agent, consultant or contractor for or otherwise functioning as a staff member of the FIH or any associated company. Each person appointed, selected by the FIH to work volunteer at an event or attending an event on behalf of the FIH, including without limitation any match umpire, referee, tournament director, judge, delegate, commissioner, jury of appeal member, technical officer or other event official appointed by the FIH, and any other person who receives accreditation to an event, and any person who agrees in writing at the request of the FIH to be bound by this integrity code. So, sorry, so, so if you've got a media pass... Yeah, you're bound by the integrity code. Right. Uh, also, any athlete who is subject to the jurisdiction of the FIH, any continental federation... Hang on, that's everyone, isn't it? ...or any national association, including, without limitation, any athletes who participate or are selected to participate in any events, any coach, trainer, manager, agent, team staff, official, medical, paramedical personnel, parent, or any other person or entity working with, treating, or assisting an athlete participating or preparing for any event. Tea lady. Your physio, your doctor, your personal doctor, I would assume that would count. Any team or other entity participating in any event, and any of the following persons, uh, members of the executive boards, any person who acts or is entitled to act on behalf of the continental federations. For the avoidance of doubt, the integrity code shall not apply to officers or employees of the FIH's commercial partners. However, all such commercial partners are encouraged to put in place similar codes, blah, blah. Any person or entity organising and or promoting an event 
any candidate host country seeking to host or hosting an event organised by the FAH and its local organising committee. So I'm not sure how that far that spreads into government and stuff like that because most hockey events certainly have government involved with them. So I'm not sure how they how the FIH, if someone in a government broken integrity code, how they they deal with that. But anyway, um, there's also people that are covered people. FIH officials are bound and required to comply with the integrity code whenever they are acting in their capacity as such and be at any time other when their conduct reflects upon the FIH or might otherwise undermine the objectives underlying this integrity code. Um, athletes and athlete support personnel should be bound by and be required to comply with this integrity code. So athletes and athlete support personnel and other officials are bound by this code as well. So that's that's who essentially the integrity code covers. Pretty wide ranging. Yeah, but fit and proper persons is what we're getting at. Who's okay. classified as a fit and proper person? Have we got a number so people can look this up at home? Uh, Seventeen light reading. Seventeen one of the FIH integrity code. Sure. Okay, a person may be disqualified from acting as a director, director candidate, or committee member. Now this is just for the FIH. Even though all of those people say you might have a, a, a president of a an association who attends the FIH conference uh, who might fall outside this list of proper persons, mm-hmm. that would only count if he's... Um, he or she, she undertaking uh, in well, FIH no, Actually, related. when we read this, you'll find out it's just he. Oh, uh, I found that in some other uh, documents as well. Yeah, uh, so they've got documents. a bit of work to do with this equal yeah. opportunity stuff they've been equally, on about. Equally amazing. That's Check your statutes. Well, they'd be the first things you'd think you'd be changing. Uh, as a director, director candidate or committee member. So unless they're standing to be a committee or to be something within the FIH, yeah. these fit and proper persons don't count. If It's a bizarre little... Okay. Right, I'm just having a little laugh. The chooks are playing up outside, so you, yeah. might, you might hear it. Oh, there they go. Maggie, go and, rang, go and wrangle those chooks. Get them Security, out of here. you're not doing your job. Come on, mate. Go They'll out. be in here in a minute if we're not careful. 1711. He is or becomes prohibited by any law applicable to him from being a director or officer of a company. 17.1.2. He, the individual person, is or becomes bankrupt or makes any arrangement or composition with his creditors generally. Um, Three, he has been found guilty of any criminal offence which carries a punishment of more than two years in any jurisdiction other than an offence that, in the opinion of the executive board, is a minor offence. <laughs> Isn't that a lovely get-out clause? Whether or not he has any spe- appeal pending against the finding, uh, number four, he has been found to have committed any dishonesty, gross misconduct or willful neglect of duty, whether by act or omission, whether or not he has any appeal pending against that finding. Uh, number five, he has committed, whether by act or omission, any act that the executive board considers might bring the FIH into disrepute. Uh, Heaven he, forbid. Number six, he has conducted himself in a manner materially adverse to the interests of the FIH. Number seven, he has been found to have breached this integrity code. Uh, number eight, he is subject to a suspension or ban for involvement in the administration of a sports or sports event. Number nine, he is subject to any form of suspension, disqualification or striking off by a professional body. Or he is found to be, this is number ten, is found to be involved in irrespective of any sanction actually imposed or is admitted having been involved, irrespective of whether any discipline, disciplinary proceedings were bought or not. 
corruption, manipulation of results or match or fixing in any manner whatsoever of any match competition or event in any sport. Is now it, that's, is it that's just social media uh, writing nasty things about people. It doesn't say that no, directly. No. But remember, that is who's classed as who would be not classed as a fit and proper person yeah. for the position of director, director candidate, or committee member, except where the executive board resolves otherwise. Which comes into play, that sort of Which, the, the severity of or the, whether they deem the offence to be uh, beyond well, the bounds. They've got a couple of nice little clauses there where they can yeah. stretch things a little yeah. bit if they like. But the point being... Um, Do you call it you wig, could, would you call it wiggle room or wriggle room? Me? Wriggle. Yeah, wriggle, that's right. Wriggle. Yeah, bit of wriggle room. Yeah, bit of wriggle room. Um, I mean, it'd be hard to invest um, articles into this that would allow the FIH to override decisions by national associations about who gets appointed to its board, if that board so seeks to. But well, more, that, so, more so who doesn't get appointed. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. But they, they can control whether those people can become... Directors or on the on the board of the FIH or committee members. Well, that's so it. well they, they can, can well they can decide that. who they who they recognise in in national associations, look, look, can't the, they? And they the, can and they and can they can, ba- they can back and a horse. This, uh, this is something that um, you know a lot of international sporting bodies have to deal with. You only have to consider that Uday Hussain was the chairman of both the Iraqi Olympic Committee and the Iraqi Football Association, yeah. and would have been attending organisational meetings, I assume, or rolling up and sitting at the bar at least at the hotel where the Congress was. Um, he would have done nicely out of it, and I don't think anybody's going to consider that he would have been a fit and proper person. Then there might not have been much they had they could do about it, and they just have to put up with it. But I think in this day and age, and as we move forward with some of this, the the um, social changes in our society, we might see sporting authorities start to stand up and and take account of the you know the the character of people that are being sent to their organisations to represent. You know, they should be able to, an FIH should be able to stand up and say, no, you are not sending that person to represent us because he is X, Y, and Z. Uh, but they don't, and, you know, be nice. Order, order. Yeah, quite right too. There you go. Fantastic. Well, there's, an- boy, you, uh, there's another slide. Did you have to be woken up? No, 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 it was alright. No, I find that quite, quite compelling. John, I, I stayed, stayed awake with that. Oh, so good. It's good to uh, get another Constitution corner in. Oh, fuck. Ah, Constitution Corner. Oh, good. We need to play this now. Corner. I told you. I told you. We've got to work out what we're doing with this bad mate. It's It's only 12 months old. You're listening to the Reverse Dick, the Global Hockey Podcast. What do you got, mate? Um, Oh, you'll be pleased to know uh, we've got a very quick... Oh. Oh. Yeah, you got to boost that volume. It's a, it's a one-liner, John. Uh, headbands, yes or no? It's from CR in Cologne. Oh, no. Oh, no? definitely no. Definitely not. Now, if anybody should be wearing a headband, Matt. It is, I did wear one two weeks ago and it was raining. Did you? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Did any, any photographic evidence of this? No, I didn't have oh, I, I gave allowances to the whole team the night before. So, boys, raining tomorrow, headbands are okay, all right? Well, okay. There's your answer, CR in Cologne. The answer is no. Headbands are not okay. Dear John. Uh, 
I'll tell you what else I have got, though, John. Oh, God. Some great news coming out of Africa for the very first African Hockey Summit happening starting next week, 3rd to the 5th of September. Um, let me give you some information here. Uh, the first ever African Hockey Summit Coaching Without Borders. To jump in on everything that happened in 2020 and hockey fans all over the world being hungry for getting their knowledge elsewhere, Sportsways is organising the very first African Hockey Summit, a free event featuring the best of both African and other continents' coaches and players to showcase, showcase the best in African hockey and beyond through both education and inspiration that leverage access to education. Working together with Hockey Dreams Foundation, African Hockey Federation, SCORD and South Pass, the African Hockey Summit is taking place from September the 3rd to the 5th. During the three-day virtual summit, registered participants will be able to watch unique video content from top hockey players and coaches from all over the world. Expect both interviews and inspiring lectures from over 30 speakers who are world-class players and coaches, including Max Caldas, Shane McLeod, Marsha Cox, Rick Charlesworth, Alison Annan, Greg Clark, Paul Revington, Ongaziwi Mali, Austin Smith, Cedric D'Souza, Thomas Breels, Dr. Cheryl Calder, the Cassian brothers, and many more. Um, and I've got a few quotes, but I will just go to the final quote here, John. This is from Saif Ahmed, president of the African Hockey Federation. It's with great pleasure to announce that the AFHF is endorsing and co-hosting the first African Hockey Summit 2020. As the AFHF continuously works on developing and engaging African officials and umpires, we equally endorse and support all initiatives alongside national associations and clubs to develop and grow African coaches and players. This first edition of the African Hockey Summit features a well-rounded mix of talents from Africa and abroad, and will surely capitalise on the concept of coaching without borders. I'm looking forward to a rich and exciting three-day online event where coaches and players can share their knowledge, experiences, and best practices. Get John to www.sportswaysonlinehockeyclub.com forward slash African Hockey Summit, and you can book your free tickets there. Great to see some activity in the region. We've talked about it for a long time. They need to get a bit closer together across the continent, don't they? And and I still want to know why uh, South Africa don't take part in the club championships. They should. It would be much better if they did. But yeah, that's a must if you're in Africa and uh, you're into your hockey, get on to Sportsways uh, for the African Hockey Summit. Goggles, Matt. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? Big goggles. In America? No. no. <laughs> they were on Wednesday night. Um, in America, the use of goggles. Yes. Uh, they were mandatory. They were, but they've, they've allowed a change of some sort. You can now have they the have wide, the wide version and it doesn't have to be the full perspex, I think. The, the rule has been amended to state that goggles may be worn, may be worn by all field hockey players. Last season that rule required that eye protection, i.e. goggles be worn. And they must be ASTM, whoever that is approved. Uh, now the rule, the new rule makes the wearing of goggles permissible as opposed to mandatory, which means players will also now have the option of wearing face masks, which are incompatible with goggles. Where do you stand on goggles face mask stuff? Because hard, they... hard on top of them until they break. Well, we'll get to that. Um, but when I think about injuries we see in hockey, the most I reckon in our grade, the most prevalent injury we see, apart from blokes whinging about pulling the hamstring when they have to run two kilometres an hour to try and get a ball, is uh, the nick on the eye. The nick around the oh, eye. Oh, I've, I've had a few. I've, yeah. had, I've got stitch marks of both, well, uh, both, both 
You gave one out about three weeks ago, didn't you? Yeah. You gave one out. Uh, Davo got one in our game a few weeks ago. We had another one on Saturday. We, oh, we Ax- see it a Ax- lot. Ax- Axel wore one dead between the eyes, though. Yeah, but that was, that's not, but you know the sort of injury I'm seeing. The stick goes up and someone gets clipped and the blood pours out of them because that's just part of the body they are around. And that seems to be the most predominant. Uh, hand, hands as well. Fingers. Yeah, fingers. Cr- fingers. Cr- cr- crushed fingers. And, but I, yeah. I, I can't remember there being this run of eye injuries as such. Can no. You? No. So why, why would we deem the use of goggles to be necessary? Well, maybe the, it, sometimes all it takes is one eye injury, isn't it, to, to mandate something like this yeah. and, what, and, and what's happened. I don't know what the, what the genesis is of the goggles in, uh, in US hockey. Well, well, they're not, they're not worn at international level by them. It, it's interesting. One of the, the, the face mask rules, the face mask must be smooth and follow the, contours of the face, all the normal stuff you'd one that got me is players wearing face masks may not conduct themselves in any manner that will increase risk to other players. Well just donning one does. Yeah. I mean, well, but if you've both got one on though. Not if no, if that if I'm not and they do. Yeah, it's dangerous. That's for you. dangerous for me. Yeah, well you can't wear a stiff a stiff peak cap. cap. <laughs> no, that's right. If you can't wear a peak cap, why are you allowed letting people run around with plastic guards on mm. their heads? Um it's I don't know. It's an interesting point. I can see the other side of it about safety and all this sort of stuff. I just don't see there's been this rash of eye injuries in the sport that would make you have to wear goggles. Yeah, is there an insistence that there's a, a certain colour they have to be? A sing- no, oh, right. they're, they're clear Must or be a, a single colour. A single colour or transparent. Yeah, now, now, what got me going? Well, not what got me going, but um, Chris Maloney posted this on Facebook. Hello, Chris, if you're listening, and asked a couple of questions. A couple of things to question here, such as, no cage-type masks, but will cage-type goggles be allowed? Why insisting on a single colour? Why? For all transparent. Who cares if it has 20 colours? Even so, I'm predicting some umpire somewhere will disallow an otherwise clear mask or a single colour mask because the company's name is part of the design. That was his thoughts. And then there was some follow-up to that. Um, I, hang on. Aren't we supposed to... International players, they're, they're only allowed one colour of, um, of headband? Uh, I think you can tell. only wear a white headband. You might be right. I don't know well, if that's, that was tournament specific. Yeah, we'll send a message to CR. CR. Yes, yeah, so yeah. you can reply to that, can you? Yeah. Yes, ask, ask him. He'll yeah. know, I'm sure. Or her. Now, Ken O'Connor made a reply. Um, there is no such thing as a goal cage. Equipment shall be stored behind the goal, period. And someone replied, no need to be pedantic. It can be called a goal cage. Uh, and then uh, Ken's replied with... Only in America. It isn't being pedantic. You will be laughed off the field in every other field hockey playing country in the world if you call a goal a cage. Proof, your team has a goalkeeper, not a cage keeper. Although I must stress at this point, there are a lot of goalies that should be kept in a cage. Yes. I think we'd all agree with that. Turn it around. Yeah. It may be pedantic, but it is still the choice of correct versus incorrect terminology. Matt Allen, terminology expert, <laughs> where do you stand on goal versus cage? It's a goal. It's not. It, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think. You know, do, do you say get, get back in your cage? You don't. If I, I'll say get back in your box. I won't say get back in your cage. Well, the other thing is, I don't see anywhere in here where someone's referred to the goal as being a cage. They refer to the mask as being a, a cage type. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I can't... How would an umpire know if a player that chooses to wear only a face mask at a PC is in violation for not discarding? Maybe they do in the no, rules it, somewhere? It, yeah, it'll be, it'll be in here. Um, 
Should be put on discarded without delay, necessarily delay. Yeah, we go. Oh, yeah. behind so the goal cage. Shall be stored behind the goal yes, cage. Yes, they do. Yeah. It is there. I oh, yeah. Well, you can have a go at the NSIAA if you want about that one. Yeah, go on. Send them um, letters. Write to them. In fact, write to us. Matt at the reverse stick dot net. There's got two little other things here. Any equipment being used for penalty corner, uh, play only. Players should be permitted to wear a face mask during, subject to the following conditions. Any equipment being used for a penalty corner only, including face masks, should be put on and discarded without delay. Unnecessarily da- delay will be treated as misconduct. Such equipment sh- shall be stored behind the goal cage. Face, this is, that's point two. Point three. Face masks may be removed and tossed over the end line or sideline after use during game play. So doesn't that strike you as that, that says for penalty corners only? So if you only wear your face mask in the penalty corner, you're prescribed to store it behind yeah. the goals. Yep. And and must that's that's, and, that's that's why we see goalkeepers all you know, that's all they do. They're cleaners. Yeah. You know, under days, this rule, if you wear a mask, you, if you're wearing a mask in play, you can toss it off anytime, anywhere. What's the po- what, I don't see the point in having that written in there. <laughs> Playing mode, well, we said that one. Face masks are personal item and may not be shared. Yeah, I'll share my face mask with who I damn well please. Thank you very much. Got that one out of the way. You got something? Uh, we're about oh, to... can I... Ref- Adam Commons tweet. Self-pass. Three no, South, South Pass's tweet. South Pass's tweet. Three things where hockey is way behind. This was posted on August the 21st. Water irrigation, training material tools, and material and people branding. Now, Adam Commons replied to this with, I hear this and agree re-water irrigation, but water pitches make our game more attractive. We struggle to get spectators. To make it slower and less of a spectacle won't help. Solution, I'm open, but for now, water seems the best option. Until a solution with same speed, what them? Well, so, so we, um, we struggle to get spectators because the game's too, um, too, sl- no, hang on, what's, what's his point? I don't know, but I can tell you right now that there are people out there. So speed, that speed prefer equals. women, the women's game at the top level because they can tell what's going on and the men's game is too fast. Speed and there are people in television that will sell, tell you yeah. that the men's game is too fast. But no, but that's saying speed equals spectacle, and that's not, necess- not necessarily true. And once again, this is part of this mindset of hockey only happens at the international level at that pace, and the mm. only time a game can possibly be entertaining is when it's played at the international level at that pace, which I just find to be can, total rubbish. Can I give you a solution with the same speed, John? What? Indoor hockey. Oh. Why, why don't why don't we on boards on the boards and so why don't we put boards onto outfield hockey? Forget about the artificial turf. We just play on boards. full full size fields on the boards. Timber recycled. Yeah, yep. you recycled timber or, or forest plantation stuff, and yeah, it could yep. be very environmentally friendly. Well, um, Yana Mulavilan, she's all about planting the trees, isn't she? Exactly. So get her on board. Indoor hockey's big in Germany. Maybe that can be our test test nation for outdoor indoor fields. And then we could have an outdoor indoor game. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you can have as many as you want playing. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, so I'd let that one out. Just while Jeez, he's been going on a ju- bit though. Just while you're on. self fast. There's some, <laughs> but, uh, what, um, there's some stuff coming out of that mind. A, uh, I don't know if you noticed on the socials this week, John. No. Uh, four years ago this week, GB women won gold in Rio. 
Oh, did they? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Um, I, I couldn't tell you who won the men's gold because I've seen nothing coming out of Argentina. But the uh, GB women, well done. They've, they've been getting together and um, having a few parties and we've been shared all those delights. You know what yesterday was? Well, I'm just pleased. I'm sorry. I'm just very pleased for GB that they get another year to handle that. That no. gold, keep hold of it. They, 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 Five years Olympic champions. They're, they're just going to be loving the next 12 months. <laughs> replay after replay. Yeah, do you know what yesterday was? What was? Yeah, I do know actually. But 16, 16 years, years ago. Since yeah. uh, Australia won their yeah. gold medal. I know that because Grant Schubert I posted a photo of his That's gold medal. Shining in the sun. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky. Oh, no, well done, Shuby. Good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, it was a good photo. It looked yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the sunlight video. There. Oh, it was yeah, moving, it was, it was you know, those yeah. moving photos. Yeah, moving photos, that's right. Yeah. Oh. Remember the day? Yeah. Remember, they... remember when the talkies came in? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you should have been there that, that first day. And the Lumiere brothers showed the picture of the train coming into the station. Here, here in Perth? Oh, no, yeah. I was in the cafe in Paris, mate. Oh, people fled. Well, talking about Paris, did you read the uh, the article on Red Torch from Nicholas Meingott? The oh. uh, FIH media man. I believe it's up here on my, my uh, screen. Uh, you don't really need to go too much of it. It's not the most exciting of interviews. But uh, redtorch.sport, get onto there. Um, there's an article, How Has COVID Impacted FIH and What Does the Future Hold for Hockey's Governing Body? An interview with Alex Ross and Nicholas Meingott. Um, just, uh, probably just take, yeah, just take that line at the bottom the last, there, John. Oh, we are, we're also working hard on the preparations for our next events, the World Cups, the Indoor World Cups, Junior World Cups, and on the growth of the five-a-side format of hockey, called Hockey Fives, which we see as a major development for our sport in the years to come. No, well, the FIH do see that that way. They see it as a major yeah, development. Grow, grow the game, John. Grow the game by putting half the amount of players on the field. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, that's right. Um, and reduce, you know, once we go to this... Uh... And as long as all players have to aspire to is making a national team, if, if, if that's the aspiration for yes. hockey players... Well, that's it. Olympic gold. That's, you know, that's always specialised in hockey because there's, there's an opportunity for an Olympic gold. And I would love the Brainiacs at the FIH to come out and explain how the sport will finance itself when they cut to hockey fives. How will the sport finance itself? Remember, you're, you're creating a hockey fives, four players and one kitted up goalie. So a lot of the costs for people aren't, go- the people involved aren't going to drop. You're still going to have to co- need goalies. Um, this, I just, it's just going to suck money out of the sport like you would not believe because no Olympic association will be feeding you 11-a-side funding when you're only running a -a five-a-side format. And if they can think for a second that it will happen that way, that they will continue to get the funding they are, they're kidding themselves. Oh, they're still, don't worry, the administrator jobs, they'll still be there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, all the administration jobs will be there. Everybody at the FIH making these decisions. But once again, what they'll be doing is halving the number of players that can make money out of the sport. Because yeah. everywhere, nowhere in the world plays professional hockey except perhaps the Netherlands. And I wouldn't call that truly professional. Last, uh, last question for Nicholas. Uh, in one word, describe the past six months. Nicholas' response, eye-opening. Now replace that, uh, that question with, um, what do you think about your bonus from the start of last year? Eye-opening. eye-opening. Yeah. Um... 
I don't know. You I'm can check that anyway. Like I said, red, redtorch.sport, you can check that out there. You can get onto the socials and check us out as well on Twitter, on Facebook, and on Instagram, all at the reverse stick. We're still pretty low on our YouTube numbers, John. Um, so it's be nice. Don't put anything on give, there. <laughs> give us, give us a follow on there if you're, you are a YouTuber. And if you are a Patreon, check out your, your inbox because there's an exciting bit of news gone to you today about, uh, participation in some top secret trials for a new product. And that new product's coming your way. All you need to do is send us your email address. You can be a Patreon too. Get involved with the trial. Go to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. Has this got something to do with performance enhancement? Yes, absolutely. Oh, it does? Yes. It's a little blue pill. A little blue and a little green one. You're listening to the reverse stick, the global hockey podcast. Next. Oh, that's me, mate. I'm Is done. that it? I'm done. done. Yeah. I'm just going to try it one more time. Okay. TRS crew! Howdy do do do! Is that what you reckon we should go with every week to start no, the no, show? No, I don't I'm not convinced now either. I'll do something else next week. No, I'm not convinced on that one. Definitely not. All right, I'll keep working. Play tomorrow? Uh, yeah, late. Yeah, I've got work tomorrow, but then I've got seven, 7 o'clock game against the league leaders. We're probably going to get absolutely trounced. Are you? Yeah. Oh, what a pity. Missing, missing a few players. I'm so. playing at 2 o'clock, so by the time you get on the field, I'll probably... You'll yeah, be gone. Long be gone. Yeah. yeah. I've got, I've got a free night, I've got a free pass, I might be out with the boys. Oh, watch out, Fremantle, he's on his way. Close those pubs early. See you, folks. See you, mate. So, I spoke to Balls, and I said, Balls, got to find out, why are you called Balls? <laughs> he said, well, you've got to go back to... Keith Smith. Keith Smith, yeah. to under-21 state championships back in... Blah, 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 whenever, whenever it was, uh, out here in Perth. 60s. And at that time, uh, it was uh, just a round-robin format. There was no finals or anything that went on with it. Anyway, he was playing for Western Australia at centre-half against New South Wales. WA needed the win to finish top. All New South Wales needed was the draw. Now, I don't know the result, so I can't tell you who actually won it or not. But he said he was um, at centre-half. Uh, there was a crowd of players in front of him. A free hit taken. The, the crowd split like the parting of the seas. This ball came flying through and hit him square in the knackers. And uh, his full-back behind, but- Butchworth, has, um, has heard him say as he's gone down, Oh, me balls! <laughs> and ever since, he pinned that nickname on him and, you know... 50 years later, he's still known as Balls. So there you go. So we thought it might have been. And, and I said, uh, so you, were you wearing a box? He went, oh, no. I said, do you wear a box now? Ever, every game since. Yeah. Uh, mate, if, if you walk out onto a hockey field and you're not wearing a box, you're an idiot. That's my personal thoughts. I used to be an idiot. Hi, everyone. <laughs> you are, you, mate. You're lucky you've already got two kids. Got the kids, mate. It's all right.